Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Friends, it's the holidays. Woohoo! Okay, but also let's be real that singleness during the holidays can sometimes be difficult with all the reminders of cute holiday dates and couples all around you. So if you want some extra encouragement during this time, or even if you're in a relationship and you want more insight, I am offering one-on-one relationship coaching. We will together develop a plan of action for your dating life and find ways of opportunity that will leave you inspired in love and in wholeness. If you're interested in learning more, you can go to heartofdating.com forward slash coaching. So let me tell you about our guest today. Joel Brown currently lives in Bali. And in fact, during our interview, you could hear the birds chirping. It was so wonderful. So out in the gorgeous land of Bali, Joel runs incredible conferences with his friend Emil to help people really dive into figuring out what is limiting them at their core. Joel is also huge on contribution and his website, addictedtosuccess.com, has over 155 million views, you guys. And then his podcast, Addicted to Success, has 3.2 million plays and downloads. Wow. Joel believes that you can make all the money in the world and that you can build the empire, but truly your purpose lies in what you can share with others. I love that so much. You guys, Joel has also worked alongside some of the greats in the field like Tony Robbins, Gabby Bernstein, and so many others. So you're going to be blown away with inspiration on today's episode, just really no matter where you are at in your dating life. But the reason why I also think this episode is so important is because it can be extremely problematic to not have vision for our lives before entering into dating. We need to have vision as individuals, and we need to also bring that into our relationships. So do you truly know your vision and your purpose? Do you know what you truly value in life? Do you recognize the value of effort that's required? Joel and I dive into all of this today, so you're going to learn so much. I took copious notes, so be prepared for truth bombs and nuggets all over the place. It's amazing. I just love today's interview, and I'm so excited for you to hear it. Joel Brown, hello there. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for being on The Heart of Dating with us today, all the way from Bali. Kay, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you bringing me onto your show. This is going to be amazing. So you're in Bali right now. What is the temperature? What is it like out there? Because it's basically winter for all the rest of us over here in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit, but it's Celsius. It's around about 30 degrees. It's nice and sunny. Oh. Uh, it's good pool weather and beach weather. I tell you that. It's um, Yeah, it's, it's a good time to, to be here. And we have about nine months eight to nine months out of the year of this uh, kind of weather. So very blessed. That's for sure. You know, that's, I, you're making me want to come. I need to come and take a visit to Bali. Surely everyone listening is like, oh my gosh, he lives in Bali. Can I just go there immediately? Um, now granted, I live in LA and it, we do have good weather in LA, but still, I guess I can't complain too much, but Bali just sounds like such a beautiful place. And what you've been, we were saying before this, I was like, gosh, I'm so jealous. That sounds like gorgeous, gorgeous weather and environment to live in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's such a beautiful place. I think that everyone should come here at least once in their life and experience it for sure. Totally. So Joel, uh, so for people who aren't maybe familiar with you, will you tell us a little bit about 
who you are and what you do, what you're passionate about and why you're in Bali, all of that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm currently running events and retreats out here with uh, my, my partner and uh, co-coach, co-speaker, Emil Steenfeld. And, you know, what we love doing and what we're most inspired to, uh, to really focus on is really transformation, mm. you know, so... Uh, I think that a lot of people, what they do is they lack vision, they uh, lack structure in their life, and they're out there watching all of the videos and they're reading all of the books, but they're not getting the things that are customized to them. And so we like to work closely with people out here in in this paradise of, of Bali uh, and really get down to what is limiting you at the core. Yeah. You know, what's the running stories in the background that are holding you back? And what are you lacking when it comes to structure? What, what kind of things can we create in your life that is going to improve your life so therefore you create a ripple effect and improve the lives of everyone around you? Mm. Uh, so that's what I'm really passionate about is, is that. And obviously, uh, you know, I'm a man of faith and um, that's a, you know, a spiritual practice. I'm always in with prayer and, you know, reading the good word and uh, mm, just as often as possible trying to be a representation of that, you know, and uh, uh, another thing too is contribution. I'm really big on contribution. Uh, I built a website called addictedtosuccess.com. Yeah. We've reached 155 million views worldwide. We have a podcast uh, called Addicted to Success. It's at 3.2 million plays and downloads. And I, I really feel blessed. I feel like, you know, when you're out there helping people and supporting people in their dreams, it also comes back. And so I feel like it's a, a great privilege. And I love to also contribute because of that. I love to to give back to the world. And uh, Emil and I are actually breaking off a 20% profit from our events to bring self-development to third world countries like India and Africa wow. where they can't afford, uh, you know, great uh, high quality self-development. So yeah, that's what I'm focused on right now. That's the mission. And, uh, and that's what I'm most excited about is, is really this giving back element. Uh, I know, you know, you can make all the money in the world and you can build the empire, but really truly you, your purpose lies in what you can share with others. Mm. So uh, that's the focus. I love that so much. And I love that you just kind of brought up some of what we're going to talk about today, which is this idea of vision and purpose. And I love that you just said giving back to you. That's been really heavy on my heart lately, especially. I feel like God just really showed me that this summer with kind of being in my own bubble a little bit. Like I was really comfortable. I'm going to church in my community and kind of building and working on myself, which is all great. But I felt God say, what else are you doing to give back? What are you doing to also be uncomfortable sometimes and maybe go into the places you don't always want to go to? For me, it ended up being um, prison. I'd never been into a prison and it was really placed heavily on my heart. And I, this summer, I just started volunteering with an organization called Prison Fellowship. And it's been so enriching and life-giving to just do something completely out of my comfort zone and use this time that I have of singleness to kind of serve other people, especially other people who are the broken and the hurting um, and the lost. And so I love that you just brought that up in a way too, just that you guys are helping other people in India that is in other third world countries. That's absolutely incredible. I I love that you're doing that. You said you went to you went to prison. I was like, wow, what? Okay. <laughs> went to prison for, okay, like yeah. Prison fellowship. I like that. I really like that. I haven't um, yeah. thought of that myself. And I think that that would be an amazing experience and also a great way to give back. So, 
Yeah. Well I know I got to be careful of saying I went to prison. People are like, wait, <laughs> I went to volunteer <laughs> at a prison. Uh, I said that to the women I met at my last prison trip. I was like, they're like, oh, is this your first time in prison? I was like, no, I've been here before. And they were like, they thought I meant that, you know, I had been in before. So I totally confused <laughs> them and they opened up to me so much, which was awesome because we were able to be really vulnerable. And they then finally they asked, so what were you in for? And I was like, oh, wait. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry I misled you. I have vol- I've been in a prison before volunteering. <laughs> they were like, oh, yay, girl, you didn't look like... Okay. And I was like, oh, my gosh. But it was a cool bonding moment. Anyway, <laughs> funny stuff. But, uh, okay, Joel, so you're obviously a man with a lot of vision. And I think that, I think that idea of vision and the idea of purpose... Um, it's something that we struggle with. I think the world tells us so many different things, culture, media, even faith. Like we're just inundated by so many different things that it's hard to really understand and be grounded and rooted. So I kind of want to just start out by asking you, since you're kind of the expert at this, can we just talk about the basic question of like, what is vision? Why is that important? And then what is purpose? And maybe what the difference between vision and purpose is? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So The thing about a vision, you know, because a lot of people get this mixed up, they think a goal is a vision and the goals essentially are the stepping stones within the vision. Mm. Now, the vision is really that big end picture that you see before you. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think that a lot of people, what they do is they they think that they can go one step at a time, as in like they'll do this day and then that day. I ask a lot of people, what's your, you know, your three month vision or your, your even your yeah, one year vision. A lot of people don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, right. And that's because they haven't got excited about something for their life. They haven't sat down and, and placed bets on themselves and written it out. They've just unconsciously floated through life and just done things within society that is telling them, Hey, this would be a good idea for you instead of choosing what is a good idea for me? What is really calling me? What am I inspired to do? You know, I really believe that, you know, your God-given purpose is really uh, a a light and alive all the time. And it's really just like there's these little uh, inspirational feelings you get and there's these little uh, things that you get excited about and that's pointing you towards your purpose. It's not some random accident or this random happenings. It's really your purpose and it's guiding you all the time. And, And I think that when we align ourselves with our values, what we value most these, these leave clues, your values leave clues and they light you up from within. You get in spirit, right? You're inspired from within. That's inspiration. And you no longer look for that external motivation. And so when you get really clear on what is your vision and you own it, right? Like you wear that vision on you. What happens is you constantly bring that in, inspire, inspiration from within that you're no longer looking for the external. Most people are looking for the external to light them up. And if you're waiting for the external to light light you up, you're going to be pretty disappointed because it's not going to show up as often as you would like it to. Mm. But if you can start from within, right, and then obviously you sprinkle it with faith, you have that faith there because you never know what else is in the mix for you. Mm -hmm. I think that that has to happen. It has to catch you by surprise. It has to be a a compelling journey. Uh, Then, you know, this is a great recipe for success to have your own vision and, and stay in spirit, be aligned with your values and have that up that thing there that's really uh guiding you with such a a moral compass and to to be the center point which is you know your god-given uh direction in life so when we're talking about both vision and purpose do you believe that there's like a difference between that or how do they blend and work together just kind of breaking it down there 
Well, you know, I believe that that your purpose is really a lifelong thing, mm -hmm. right? And your vision, we cast it out. Typically, I cast out a 10-year vision. So we've got a 10-year, sometimes I do 20-year visions with entrepreneurs that love to think at an even higher level and build out corporations and big businesses. Uh, but really your purpose is, and it's such a it's such an interesting question because a lot of like for coaches it's a one where you cringe. It's like, hey, I don't know my purpose. How how do I find my purpose? It's like, oh, right, because yeah. it's, there's so many factors that are taken into account. Yeah. But usually we start with a handful of questions, and what I ask people is, you gotta you gotta ask yourself and write this down. If you're listening right now, write this down. Mm -hmm. The question is, what are you good at? What do you know that you're efficient in? What have people said to you? Hey, you're really good at this, right? What are you skilled at? That's the first question. What are you good at? The next one is, what do you love? Very generic, cliche question, mm -hmm. but it's really important to know. What are you passionate yeah. about? What do you love? What lights you up? What do you value most? What do you spend most of your time on, most of your money on? What do you love talking to other people about? Uh, what books do you read on this topic? What do you love? And then the third question is, what solution will you bring to the world? Because to, in order to live in purpose, you need to be delivering some form of value to the world. It can't mm -hmm. just be just for you, all right? Yeah. So we have that, what solution will you bring to the world? And then the fourth question to really get you into action, if you really want to be able to build this out is, and, and some people avoid this like the plague. And the reason being is because they it feel like it's like the elephant in the room. They want to be like, oh, I'm just contributing and just giving back all the time. It's this question of how am I going to monetize this? Mm. How are you going to make money from this? And a lot of people avoid that because they have money stories. Maybe they may think like money is the root of all evil, whatever it may be. But it's what you do with your money, right? Like a lot of people say, oh, yeah, but it's like, you know, if people with a lot of money uh, can, can be, uh, you know, corrupt. And they, they didn't get there unless they did something, you know, bad or they ripped someone off. And, and it's not that. It's that. It's not about how much money you make. It's how you make your money, which is mm -hmm. really important. So Ooh, find a way that is moral and ethical in the way you make your money. But you also need to know how to make money with that very thing that you're about to step into. So we, I always start there and then we expand out with the vision. Wow. I love those four questions. And I love that you bring up the money thing too, because I think that's really important for us to hear. And sometimes can stunt us. We're like, oh, we have all these ideas. I have no idea how I'm going to monetize it. So I'm not even going to think about it. We kind of only want to picture just yeah. using it to just kind of be a side passion, you know? So I love that you bring that up. Yeah, I love that you're a man of faith. And I think that does really impact how we look at vision and purpose. How do you think as Christians, like how does that further inform us, would you say, especially in our purpose and the vision for our life that God, you know, implants to us or imparts to us or that we discover through this path with God? I think we're held to a high standard, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think it's not easy being a Christian. It's tough, yeah. <laughs> especially when the world is showing all these, you know, shiny objects and, uh, you know, it can be this like slow burn over time where you start to get into this other space and you start to get distracted by these other things and you forget where your compass is. And that's why, you know, prayer and reading the good word in the Bible is, is really important. Yeah. Um, I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of, you know, just going oh, like get right to the end of the day when I'm really tired and then going, okay, I'll get down and pray now instead yeah. of going, hey, what it would happen if I started my day with prayer? Yeah. Because as you're in relationship with Christ, you know, would you treat your 
relationship that you're in now or relationship you were in or will be in the same way? Mm-hmm. No. If you did that, it wouldn't wouldn't last, right? So, and that's really on us. Like he's pouring out so much love, but it's us that has to meet him. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's perfect in his ways. We aren't. Uh, and so I would say that, you know, with your, with your vision, you really need to hold your principles. You got to work out what are my principles as a Christian? Like, how am I, how am I going to show up? And like, what, what was it about even Jesus as a, as a model? And I really believe that's one of the reasons why he came here is like to be the role model for us and to see like, how should we act? Yeah. Right. Mm. And he just embodied it on such a level. It's like his being is what exuded to the point where people were so drawn to him to want to follow him. And half the time he didn't even have to say anything. They just wanted to, they saw something about him. Yeah. And it's like, well, how could I embody that myself? How could I make that part of my being, not doing or acting or saying, but my being. Mm. And this, this goes into your vision too. It's, it's like, how do you, uh, solidify your habits so much so that it becomes part of your identity and who you're being? How do you embody the beliefs that you would need to believe to be able to achieve uh, the, the goals that you desire at the highest level? How can you embody that so much that it's part of your being? Mm. And the skills, how can you be so skilled in your craft and, and master it at such a high level that it's so part of your being? The people are like, man, I just know what it's like. They look at you and they know what you're skilled at just by the way you walk, the way that you, you carry yourself and the way that you show up in spaces. They're like, I know what they're skilled at. I know what they believe about themselves and I can see the habits they practice. Cause it's, it's, you know, like I, I, I keep fit. I eat healthy. Like I, the reasons yeah. why I do that is if I want to be a, an a incredible inspirational speaker and a leader in this world, I have to show that I'm disciplined. If it doesn't show through the physical, then people are going to question that. Oh, are they really being what they're saying? Mm-hmm. That's the question you got to ask yourself. Are you being what you're saying? And are you being what you say you're doing? Mm-hmm. Which is even more important too. So the vision, I believe, really holds you to that and it disciplines you. It chooses your friends for you. It teaches you what to say yes to and what to say no to. Mm-hmm. Right? It really holds you accountable. And the beautiful thing about the vision that I found was that when I really got clear on my vision and I revisit it, sometimes I start to slip out of it, you know, and I revisit it again, I get fired up again and I get my, my uh, direction back on point. And what I do find is that when you get really clear on what your vision is and you map it all out in detail of like where you're going to be, who you are, what location you're going to be building in, uh, what kind of relationship you would love to, to have in your life, like these non-negotiables, these boundaries you set, but also what you could create, then you quickly realize that nobody else is like you. Mm. Not in an egotistical way, but in a way where it's like you realize that your needs and your wants and what you feel like you're really here to create, right? Now you realize that the other person that maybe other people are being comparing you to, or maybe you've looked at and gone, oh, I wish I had this or that. You realize very quickly that that's their lane, not yours. Yeah. And the name of the game is whoever stays in the lane the longest wins. So that's what I love about the vision. And it really keeps you on track for fulfilling your ultimate purpose. And I believe that our purpose is really, it lies within our our potential. We don't get it straight away. We've got to work Mm. towards our purpose. Mm. We find our vision and we really find like uh, chunks or elements of our purpose that we start stepping into. But I believe our purpose really lies in the the midst of our our, uh, potential. You know, like there's no way you're, you're going to be rewarded with purpose, meaning, fulfillment, without giving it a go first. You can't get that straight away. You can get, you can feel joy through having gratitude and appreciation for things, 
but the long-term feeling of that joy and fulfillment, that really comes from you taking the action, committing to your vision, and, and really flexing and, and uh, being in the midst of your potential. Mm. Like I don't want to, you know, at the end of my life, stand before God and him say, Joe, I gave you this much potential with these arms right out and said, but you only did this much with these fingers just so closely together. Yeah. I want to know that I stepped in as much as I could mm. and gave it a go. Like that's my return to him for the gift of life he's given me. What I love too about what you're saying right now, and I heard this from a friend of mine, Mike Foster, who I so admire, but sometimes we're, we feel limited in our vision and maybe our purpose based on the raw materials we've been given. Like we look at somebody else and we're like, well, they had right. so many, so much better raw materials to start with. So of course they can do X, Y, Z things that I can't do. But mm. the thing that I think is so beautiful is that we can build amazing, crafty, unique, different things with our raw materials. And sometimes it's yeah. going to blow the people with the shiny raw materials out of the water. We're not limited just by the raw materials that we have. Um, so, you know, and to make peace with the fact that sometimes we are in a situation where we have a certain past or upbringing that maybe wasn't ideal for us. Um, but that way, that's all part of God's story. Right. And so to say, instead of like comparing it and saying, well, I wish I was, had this kind of upbringing, or I wish I had those raw materials. You're looking at the raw materials you do have and saying, okay, this is what I have. I make peace mm. with that. And I can, I know through this that God can help me build something absolutely amazing with these specific yeah. raw materials that I have. Cause I think what stuns yeah. us so often is we're comparing or we, we are never, we never get to where we potentially could be because we're always looking at the, you know, we're not satisfied with the current raw materials we have at the moment. Yeah. Well, you got to work with all that you've got so you can give yeah. all that you can. Yeah. That's the key. Ooh, that's good. Pour out, right? Like pour all out. Squeeze mm. the juice right out of it. <laughs> mm, I love that. So yeah. Joel, um, being in these big cities, like I have lived in New York, I've lived now in LA and other bigger cities too, but just something, and you know, as we tie this into relationships, why I love talking about this, because I think it's so important to have vision and purpose before entering into dating relationships. But just something before we even dive into that, I think being in these bigger cities, um, it's interesting because we can have so many big dreams, but sometimes these big dreams can weirdly stunt us from actually progressively moving forward in ways. And right. I see that a lot in bigger cities. We kind of let it take over our life, like the idea of a dream. So what is the balance for you as you've worked with people um, with having a dream and being active in pursuing the dream, but also you know, knowing when maybe it's time to switch gears and not holding on to something that maybe isn't panning out? Like, what is that balance and how do we you know, maybe not hold on to a vision that we have so, you know, like we, we're holding on to it for dear life that we never actually are progressing <laughs> forward with it, you know? Right, right, right. Well, I mean, look, this is a reason why when I teach the 10-year vision game plan, yeah, which is my system I've created around casting your 10-year vision and living in your 10-year vision. And, you know, for some people, 10-year vision sounds scary, so we can call it the five-year vision and start there. Uh, but let's say 10-year vision, right? You start with the 10th year. Now people say, well, why would you start with the 10th year? The reason being is because we're so used to looking uh, one day at a time moving forward, like, mm -hmm. oh, what's my goal this month, this week, or this year? And you're basing it off the identity of who you are right now and the mindset of who you are right now. Yeah. Now, if we get outside ourselves, and this is the only way we can create something new is to get beyond ourselves yeah. and to, to challenge our feelings with, with a greater thought. 
right? Mm. Create that 10th year, write it out. I am, write it in, I am, I am living in da, 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 maybe Santa Monica. That was mine actually, to be honest, Kate. Oh, really? Um, wow. Eight, oh my gosh. Nine, nine years ago when I casted my first 10-year vision was to live in Santa Monica. Oh, wow. Uh, two years ago, I lived in Santa Monica for nine months and then oh, I realized, hey, it was great, but I'm somewhere else now. You know, so I crossed it out of the vision and the vision has been tweaked and changed. But the key is when write it down as if you're actually living in that present day, mm. as if you're currently there in that 10th yeah. year, I am, and write it all out in detail. Your health, wealth, love, relationships, happiness, uh, you know, what are you uh, learning, living, giving are three really important elements. You need to be learning things that are new, living in a way where you're having a great lifestyle. Uh, and, and giving as in contribution and giving back, right? You've got to have these injected into your uh, into your 10-year vision. Mm. But when you write it out in the 10th year, you can get excited about that because you're now you're in creation. You're not in where am I right now with where I am and what can I, you, you know, what what makes sense to my current situation to write down now. That's boring. That's really boring, right? <laughs> yeah. If you write out your 10th year, now you can get super excited. It's 10 years away. A lot can happen in 10 years, mm. right? You, you underestimate so heavily what can happen in that space of time. I just I want everyone on this right now to think about what happened 10 years ago and where are you now? Like what has changed since then? A lot, right? Wow. So yeah. the key is to reverse engineer. And uh, Elvin Toffler uh, says you've got to think about the big things while you're doing the small things so that all the small things go in the right direction. Wow. So if you have that 10-year vision very clearly in front of you and you, you're very, it's very vivid and you, you practice visualizing it, you're there, you put detail in it, you've owned it, it's yours, you get to step into it. Now what happens is what you do from today is you start making decisions that will go towards a better future, that will go towards your 10-year vision, right? Mm -hmm. And we never know 110% all the answers. We don't. And that's why we sprinkle it with faith, yeah. right? You ask God for the guidance. You ask him to, you know, it's like if you were in a relationship and you went to buy a new car or you went to buy a new house, you wouldn't just go do it and say, right. oh, yeah, to, to your partner, oh, yeah, I just did this. And they'd be like, oh, okay, well, we didn't make that decision together. If you're in relationship <laughs> with Christ, check in on it. You know, sit down with it. Pray mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. You know, God, guide me. I'm putting my vision together right now. Guide me in this. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it's such an important element to have. Uh, but, it, you know, it's, it's, it's this thing where I think people think that they have to perfect the vision. Mm -hmm. And they overwhelm themselves with it. They say, well, you know, it's not, I don't think my 10 year vision is, I, I have it all the time. People like coach, well, it's like, and I'm like, why are you so attached to it? Mm -hmm. A lot can change in that time, but it's better than having no vision at all. It's great to have direction yeah. because what happens is we unconsciously live 90 to 95% of our thoughts are the same as the day before. Oh, wow. That's terrible. I did not know that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh so we're living consciously with only five to 10% new thoughts. Wow. Okay, and in order to create change, our thought has to be greater than the feelings that we currently feel. The unconscious mind is the body, mm. and your body is the unconscious mind. That's why, if you think of something, you know, you're scared to get on a plane. You've got this unconscious, like, oh, I don't know why it's I've been triggered. Now your body starts sweating, it starts shaking, your heart starts palpitating. That's because your body is uh, connected to the unconscious mind. When people say, uh, I have this intuition. That's like, I have this gut feeling. That's because your, your unconscious is sending signals to your gut, mm. you know? So wow. really this is like, this is a thing where we have these unconscious programs and a lot of them are still running from when we were, you know, zero to seven years old. When we were downloading, we we're like a camcorder. As soon as we came out, we started hitting, we hit the record button and we're downloading all this information yeah. so that we can create reference points in our minds, our beliefs, 
what our habits should be, mm. what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong, uh, who are authority figures, mm. um, where are my boundaries? Like all of these things were, were built from zero to seven. Yeah. Right. And so if we can get really clear on where we're heading, now we are no longer a slave to our mind. We're a master of it. Mm. So now we start living with intention. A lot of people talk about the law of attraction. Yeah. And I think there's some validity to that. I think that, you know, you match your frequency of what you want. Yeah. Uh, it's like, well, I have to become this to really be able to meet this, right? Uh, but I don't believe in sitting there and just going, it's coming to me, it's coming to me, it's coming to me. I believe God's given us an incredible mind. He's given us an incredible body. He's given us this will and this desire to go after what we want. It's like, well, then, yeah, we've got to get to work, right? Yeah. But getting really clear and writing out your 10-year vision, I mean actually sitting down pen to paper and writing it out, making a mind-body connection and not just thinking about it, but but writing it out and then visualizing over over and over again, this is key, mm. right? You do this, now you start living with yeah. intention. I call it the law of intention. Yeah, Set it so and get it. And that's the key right there. And a lot of people who said live in these you know big cities, they have this big overwhelming vision right. and they never really get anywhere. It's because they're not they're not starting with the 10 year. They're not reverse engineering it. They're not looking at the decisions that I make. Every decision that you make is based, is driven by your beliefs and your values. Mm. Every decision that you make. Yeah. Right. If someone came to me and said, Hey, Joel, you want to shoot up some heroin right now? And, and heroin is like number 1 million and whatever on my hierarchy of values all the way down the bottom of the ladder. <laughs> I'm going to say no. Right. Yeah. The word values comes from the word evaluate. Mm. right so every time someone asks you something or there's an opportunity comes up you evaluate that all the time we're evaluating and so i say no but if someone said hey do you want to come on and on this uh food run you know or come <laughs> to this prison yeah. you know prison fellowship i'd say yes because that's my values my top yeah. top four values is my relationship with god it's business self-development and contribution i'm very clear on that and it's all in my vision yeah. addicted to success has done really well because it's based around my three values at the time, which was business, self-development, and contribution mm. nine years back. And, you know, if you surround your vision, your mission around your top values, what inspires you from within, there's so much power in that. Friends, okay, exciting news. So through all of my podcast conversations, meeting with pastors, speakers, and authors, the reading of every relationship book under the sun, coupled with my own 15 years of dating experience, I have realized that I am bursting at the seams with knowledge and insight. So I took everything I learned throughout my 15 years of dating experience, and I created something amazing, and I'm excited to be introducing it to you today via the Date Great course. The Date Great course is a time for you to dive into transforming your dating life. I will equip you over a five-week time span with the knowledge, tools, and insight you need to love your dating life again and find a healthy, lasting Christian relationship. In module one, we're going to talk about how singleness is not a disease. We'll discuss how we can steward this time well to cultivate holy ambition and develop disciplines that will set us up for marriage. In module two, we'll talk about what is dating anyway, and we'll go over an awareness of your real intentions and ambitions in dating. I will also give you a framework for the various stages of dating, how to navigate each one, and how to initiate different kinds of conversations. In module three, we'll talk about dating essentials. We'll talk about how to know you're dateable, what qualities do you need to have, and then what kind of qualities do you really need to look for in someone else? What kind of a list should you have? Lastly, in module four, we're going to talk about how do you know that you know as we walk through the discernment process and truly determining if you want to spend your life with someone. We will also discuss breakups and how to handle them on either side. 
There will also be bonus content, including the ultimate dating essentials checklist, the top secrets to initiating, the love thyself guide, and the ultimate breakup Bible study and prayer guide. I am giving Heart of Dating listeners the chance to get on a special list to have first access to this course. You can visit heartofdating.com slash date great to reserve your spot today. I have so much hope and excitement for all of you. I really don't want you to have to go through all the pain, destruction, and frustration I went through. You are ready for freedom and breakthrough and an amazing relationship. So visit heartofdating.com slash date great. Oh my gosh. All these nuggets. Sorry, that was a big, that was a big, no, it's amazing. I hope people are taking notes. I'm taking notes, like sitting right here. Um, but so, and uh, so what I love too about this is it's so obviously we've established this is life changing for your life and not to hold on to it so hard that it is, it can shift and change to be open to that throughout your life and constantly be praying about it, revisiting it, um, bringing it back to God. And I love also that you said, you know, you know, we can be masters of our mind. Like it, it makes me think of, I think it's second Corinthians 10, five. It's like, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Like we can be masters of our mind and we're called to be, um, to be yeah. constantly transformed by the renewing of our mind. And I think that's such plays such a role in yeah. figuring out, defining, refining our minds, our vision, um, because our thoughts can also mislead us in so many ways. So in taking that to the context of relationships, dating, I'm so glad that we now have a framework for how do we get there? What do we actually, what can we write down? What can we do for our life? Why do you think like what kind of damage can be done? Because I see this a lot and that's why I want to kind of bring it to you because I see a lot of people entering into relationships um, without vision or purpose. And what I usually see ends up happening is someone relies too heavily on someone else um, for that vision and purpose, for that person to give them vision and purpose or um, that person themselves like the other person ends up being their reason to live basically. So it's like yeah. one of those two options. So it can be really complex. Right. But like, right. What, so, I mean, why do you think that's so important, especially before dating? Because I think, you know, you can yeah. figure out so much together in relationship, but I think you have to still have that before dating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, here's the cool thing, okay, is that you get to create your vision. Yeah. I like the idea of that. I like that you can come together with someone and you guys get to create it together. It's like, well, what would I create for me? What would I create for you? That would be an awesome blend and integration or hybrid of what we could do together. I think that's beautiful. Um, Then this is the thing that's even more important than even creating the vision. And, you know, the vision is to me is so much and I teach it all the time. What I do know for sure, and this is part of the vision process, is making sure that you're aligned with your top values. Mm. And your values can shift. If you have, let's say you get pregnant, if you're a woman, obviously, yeah. <laughs> and you have, uh, you know, kids come along into your family, yeah. and that next thing, family is going to be right up there as number one yeah. within your values. Now they're the most important, right? And your values can shift over time. But always being conscious of what are my values right now? Where are they? Where am I playing, Right. And supporting each other in that is really important. I think that when you're really aligned with your values and you you know that your values are really serving you and you're committed to them, then let's say you get into a relationship or you meet someone, you're dating someone and they don't have similar values to you or let's say supportive values. Mm -hmm. Because you can have supportive values where uh, let's say like you like health and the other person likes fitness. Yeah, You could say that that other person would probably value health just as much or just as close as you would. True. And you guys could complement each other, right? So you've got to yeah. make sure you have supportive values. Uh, I would say having that kind of relationship with someone is very healthy. 
But going into a relationship with someone where the values aren't similar or supportive, now you're running into issues. And here's where the problem lies. And I've done it myself. I've been in relationships where I've known it's like, oh, I know this person doesn't value this thing as much as me, but that will change. You know how hard it is to change someone when you can't change yourself in a, in a, in a short amount of time. It's like you, like some things can change in an instant and some things can take a while. And especially if it's not coming from you, it's coming from someone else, no matter how bad you want it, that person has to make that decision himself. Right. So being in a relationship with someone who let's say, uh, they value, uh, going out all the time and dancing, going to the clubs, things like that. And you're (laughs) well past that. And you're like, no, I just want to be healthy. I want to be in good structure. I value, uh, I'm a grandma. I like to be in bed by this time balance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Then like, even like what, what, what people do is they let their feelings override the system. And even Mm. in the Bible, it talks about that. Like, you know, like leading with your heart, like, like being deceived by your heart, right? Like that feeling just because you feel it doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So the key here is, uh, and this is why I think, uh, you know, it's an important thing for celibacy. And to be honest, I practice, I called it celibacy, but it became abstinence because I ended up going back into having sex. If Mm -hmm. we're being open and authentic here and real. And I did it for like five months um, and it was an experience. And then even for me now going back, I kind of like have been in and out of it of like, okay, I'm going to try this again, Yeah, you know, of just holding off. And, um, I, I think it's a great idea to be honest. And I have debates with my friends who aren't of the Christian faith that yeah. are like, well, you know, I think that you should, because you don't know how it's going to be with that person when you get married. And like, I, I don't know if you could hold out that long. And, you know, if yep. you really love each other, then you w- would be intimate and that. And, um, I, I think more importantly, I think that like, God understands our mind and our mind is often driven a lot by our feelings because that's the unconscious. And so if we give it time, I think the time reveals all. Mm. And that's been my practice, even with dating as well. It's like, you can be like, Oh, this person's attractive and they're fun to hang out with and this and that, but just give it some time, Mm. give it enough time and time will show what truly is here. And then you then get to decide because everyone's showing their best cards when they first meet. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And then it's like, well, what are I like? I'm not concerned with the best cards. I think that's great, but I want to be, I'm like, show me your bad cards. Show mm-hmm. me your bad hand. I want to see what's going on there. Yeah. And then see if that's something that I could support and be with. Right. Because I've got, I've got a bad hand too. Everyone does. None of us are perfect. We're, we're brought in a world of sin, you know? And so it's like, what are my bad habits? What are my tendencies that may get irritating to most? Uh, <laughs> what do I get frustrated and triggered with? Like, th- those are the things that even I'm exploring myself. Because I want to improve. Mm. You know, I want to be great. I want to be excellent. I'm not going for perfect because I think that's yeah. a mythical, mystical yeah, land that totally you, agree. You, most people want to live in. Yeah. And you'd be heavily disappointed when you don't get there. Mm. Uh, and I think that heaven is the thing that offers us that ultimately. That's the utopia that we're all trying to chase and create here. But ultimately, I'm going for great and excellent. Mm. And, you know, I want to be with someone that even if they have the bad hand or the, or the, let's say the darker stuff, I, I want someone that wants to make the effort to have great and excellent in their life, even before mine yeah. and have that so we can encourage each other. And, you know, Kate, to keep it real, I was married, uh, four and a half oh, wow. years ago. Okay. And, I uh, I was in a five year relationship. We got married. We had this big wedding in Positano in Italy and oh, my flew out for it. And, it's this big six-figure wedding and, and all that, right? And um, not what I would recommend nowadays, to be honest. I would recommend a smaller amount, a smaller budget, and just do it for love. 
Yeah. It became something more, something else than that. You know, it wasn't about the love anymore. It was about the significance, yeah. and uh, and I got caught up in all of it. And you know, four months later, I caught her having an affair, oh, wow. and we went through this massive whirlwind. And you know, ultimately, all the decisions we made together in our relationship was when things got really frustrating and I got exhausted. I would channel my work into my my energy into my business, mm. and she felt like she wasn't seen. And then we had like different directions our values shifted it was just like this one thing after another it's never just one big thing it's like all the little one percenters that drove us down the wrong path and yeah and ultimately she made the decision to to do what she did and um you know i had to go through this whole process of forgiveness and we can talk nowadays we, we are on talking oh, terms wow. and that's, that's and i've gone through this whole journey of learning to forgive and it was so amazing it's it's it filled me with so much growth uh, but ultimately, the biggest lesson I learned was this, and I, I realized it after listening to, there's a pastor, his name Dr. Miles Monroe. Mm. He passed away, I think, maybe five or six years ago, and he's an incredible uh, incredible speaker and uh, man of faith. And he said this, and it, and it hummed with me and resonated with me so well. He said, look, he said, love is not the greatest thing. Mm. And people think that's very controversial to make that statement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe it to be true because I see like in my experience, especially in relationships when I'm trying to get this right, that, that it can't be the greatest thing. There's something else that's required. And he says, you know, I love airplanes, but I can't fly one. I love sports cars, but I don't know how to fix one. Mm-hmm. He said, if I want to do that, I have to, you know, read the manual. I have to sit the test. I have to practice and to yeah. get to the point where I can do it. And he said, what is that? That's effort. So he said, love is not the most important thing. Effort is required in mm-hmm. order for you to maintain that relationship. And that's when it hit me. There wasn't effort anymore in the relationship. Yeah. And that's what truly made it crumble. And ultimately, even when we tried to work it out, I was going in with all my effort, but she didn't. She swept it under the rug. And, you know, it was really disappointing and it was upsetting. Mm. But ultimately, you want to be with someone that wants to make the effort. Yeah. You know, so, so even dating now, you know, I, I, I didn't do it on the first date. I ask it maybe, you know, quite a few dates in. I ask, what's your five year vision? Yeah. Where do you see yourself? You don't ask that on the first date, Joel? What's that? You don't ask it on the first date. I feel like you'd be like, so. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, because I think a lot of it is like having fun, right? Like having yeah. a laugh, giving a light heart. Yes, like I totally showing, agree. <laughs> showing, showing that you're actually like, you know, you're, you're someone that actually has some form of value outside of the material and the business and everything else, you know, yeah. but who are you as a human, right? <laughs> But, but it's, you know, that's key. And then you want to make sure they make effort and they're disciplined. Yeah. As Christians too, we're like, let me figure out my, the first date, if I'm going to marry this person, like you guys just have fun. The first nah, date, second down. date, third date. Yeah. Let's just get to know this person as a person first. <laughs> yeah. Time reveals all. Absolutely. Yeah. It's seriously like do, do a little bit extra than you're used to. Like if it's like, well, I usually get to the third date and I'm saying this mm-hmm. only if you feel like you keep staying in the same pattern. Yeah. So say, go on like, you know, if you usually just get into it, you're like, I love you or I want to be with you or whatever on the third date or you move in with them on like the third date, whatever, then go, I'm going to wait till my sixth date Mm. or my 10th date. You like push it out and just like be patient with it. Patience is a virtue, they say. I, I absolutely believe it. But also a lot of value comes from that too. I'm dating someone right now and uh, I'm going through that process where it's, it's amazing because she sees it in the same way, mm. you know, and uh, she's not of faith, but she's very open-minded about it all. And um, it's, it's, it's been great to be able to share what I know so far with it. And, and, you know, she has such a beautiful heart and we're taking things really slow. It's, yeah. it's a patience thing, but we're in contact every day. And she said to me, she goes, 
this is what I love is that there's consistency. Mm. And, you know, I think for, for, I mean, both men and women, it's important, but I think even for women more than that is that they really need that security. They need to know yeah. that it's safe. Uh, you know, a man's there to really provide and to protect and a woman is there to really nurture and to, to be there in such a supportive way. And, and I love that a man brings something so different to the table than a woman and vice versa. A woman brings something so different to the table that a man can't. I think that that's so beautiful that we can come together and uh, it's it's really a gift for us too to be able to to share our differences and to be able to actually make it work. Like it's surprising that we can, in a way, make it work, and we do the best we can. But I really think a vision. I believe that a vision and lining with your values and also making effort. If they're the three things you take away from this call, please take them and yeah. find ways to work on those three things: yeah. values, vision, and effort in your relationship. And something, Joel, I love that you're saying because. I think what's so key, because sometimes in the church you see that, especially when it comes to the different dynamics of genders um, in the church, sometimes you see that sometimes women kind of put it on men to have all the vision and therefore in their life of singleness, the woman may not be pursuing vision and purpose for her life in the same way. And so she kind of expects sometimes that the demand is just going to bring that. But I honestly, and just want to maybe throw that out for discussion because I think it is so important, like that women do have their own vision and and purpose for their life right. and, and men as well. And you can come together and we're not sitting here being like, well, I'm just going to wait for the perfect person that's going to direct me in my life and mm. my life ways. Right. And all right. Of the things we can still have vision and mission in our life. Like there's so many examples yeah. of amazing women in the Bible who had incredible mission yeah. in their life, like vision, like Ruth or um, Esther. I mean, so many beautiful examples of women, but yeah, I don't I, I don't know if you've ever encountered that, but I personally see that a ton, especially in the from the Christian perspective, mm, that sometimes yeah. um women don't seek their own vision outside of relationship. Yeah. Well, and I'm gonna challenge thought here, and I think that this is gonna shift perspective, and I want you to really listen to this. As a Christian, we're meant to live for Christ. Mm-hmm. So why would you live for your partner? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now I think it's beautiful when you see a partner that is happy to, like genuinely happy to, not putting it on, but genuinely happy to support their partner, let's say it's a woman supporting a man in his big vision that he has, maybe some grandiose vision, and she's there like, I'm here, baby, I'm supporting you. Mm -hmm. For some people, they're happy to do that because they see their vision within the vision of what their partner has created. Mm -hmm. That's great. But I really believe there's so many intricate moving parts in each of our individual lives. Yeah. And we've been designed in such a beautiful way, ready for incredible things. I just think that it would be a waste to tie it into, well, my whole point is to just live in this person's vision. Mm. Now, I know that there's some really big, uh, powerful moments in our life, even if you look back at yours or even moving forward of what you could create. There'll be powerful moments in your life where you may live one year really serving someone in their vision. Yeah. And that may be your purpose that God has gifted upon you to make that happen. Mm. You know, like yeah. Joseph did that many times, right? Yeah. He spent, he spent, you know, many times there serving in places where it was for that point in his life, just for an individual person, but ultimately mm. his mind was on God, right? Mm. So there are going to be moments in your life where you are going to be making that, uh, you know, 
beautiful uh, contribution to be able yeah. to, to serve one individual person for a space of time. But I believe overall in your life, you're not going to be doing that for your whole life. Yeah. I don't believe God wants us to be slaves. Yeah. Totally. You know, we're the, we're the sons and daughters of a king. Mm. You know, we need to start acting like it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's really key to, to, yes, get clear on what your vision is. Every single person has the gift of being able to create their own vision. God's given us our prefrontal cortex, which is a creative executive part of our mind. We have it there for a reason. Yeah. You know, so uh, I, I hope that debunks that whole thought. And no, I think and- that. I think that like some people are happy, like genuinely happy without being people pleasers, genuinely happy to support their partner in their bigger vision. If they believe that they're able to create even more impact and it brings fulfillment, that's great. Uh, But I also do know there are, like you said, a lot of people where they're like, oh, I'm just supposed to serve my man. Yeah. And I think that it's like, it's more intricate than that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, support and be there. And he also, it protects and provides for you too. But I think that we we can't just look at it black and white in that sense. There is a bit of that gray, and it it is that like we there's a lot of joy and fulfillment in knowing that we could create something. Mm. And the most important thing is that that support for one another in our vision processes. Mm-hmm. I do see couples. I'm gonna be honest with you, Kay. Yeah. I see couples when I do my vision workshops. Some couples sit down next to each other. They map out their vision. I tell them not to look at each other's vision to begin with. Yeah. They map it out and then they sit next to each other and they're like, they're like big eyes popping out at each other like, oh my gosh, either this, it's either I can't believe we wrote very similar things or it's I can't believe that we're so different yeah. in what we want in our life. And some people break up. Some yeah. people leave each other because they realize that their vision and their values don't align. Right. And to be honest, they're either going to stay in a relationship and feel pretty miserable because they keep pulling away from each other all the mm-hmm. time. It's like a tug of war. Or they knock it on the head early and they, they, they part ways and they end up meeting someone now because they've got more clarity around what they want to create in life and they meet someone that, that is more aligned yeah. with what they would love to achieve in life. Well, and something that you're saying too is like when we invest a little bit too much time, let's say, because maybe we have fallen into infatuation or we did for a while think this would be someone for us, sometimes we're afraid to then go back because we're like, well, this person's mom likes me or, you know, all the friends yeah. like, so we're like, we're comfortable. So I'm just going to keep working at it. Um, when really at the end of the day, this is one of a very huge decision of our life. Marriage is, you know, a huge decision. One of the biggest that you'll make in your life. It's not something to just like, well, be complacent because it's, it's convenient at the moment because we already invested time, you know, like you're going to spend the next 50 years most likely with that person, (laughs) you know? So that comes down to a wealth that that comes uh, down to a self-worth thing yeah, for sure. And also I asked this question, if you're like, Oh, the mom likes me. Well, what happens when the mom goes? Because the mom will pass away before you. Right. So then what? Are you going to stop loving that person then? Are you going to stop making effort then because the mom's out of the picture? If it's relying on the mom, then that's pretty scary. And, if, that you're and the time, yeah. And it's like, well, it's you and that person in the house. It's not you, that person in the mom or the friends in the house. It's you and that person, right? You, you'd hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Um, but in something, so something else too, because even if like, some of your vision is maybe slightly different. What I think is interesting in bringing that together in relationship is it, let's say you're two healthy people with vision and mission in your life and you come together. When you're in a relationship, what happens over that time, a third entity starts to develop, right? And that third entity is the relationship. So it's you and that person, and then it's the relationship. And so yeah. I think what's super important in that is to realize, even if our vision's like, our, our vision's complementary, right? Like you kind of said the supporting thing earlier, right? Supporting values, supporting 
different kind of supporting visions, right? And then how can we, in the relationship, we can each have our own individual kind of visions, in my opinion. And then in the relationship as a third entity, how do we develop vision and purpose together in that as a third entity? But it's not all in one, if that makes sense. Like to me, there's still the three parts. And I think often though, what happens is people like go into one silo or the other, like one will step into the ring of that person and their vision and, and the relationship and be all in and forget about maybe theirs. So kind of like what we've been saying, but it's interesting how often we do that. Um, instead of, well, I'm reading a book right now actually called rocket fuel by Mm. Gino Wickman. And it's actually really an incredible book. And Gino created this formula for his family business that worked really well and how they structured their business. And then he's gone out into the world and taught thousands of businesses how to structure it in the same way. And they've got incredible results. Yeah. And he believes in literally this, if I could break it down in a nutshell, and there's more to it, but if it's simple, it would be that every business needs a visionary and an integrator. Mm. Right. And sometimes when you're starting out your business yourself, you may be both. It's like, well, you have to be the visionary and the integrator unless you hire someone that can do that for you. And then we get to a point where we, we're doing it as well right now is like one of us steps fully into the visionary and the other one steps into integration, running the team, making sure that, you know, it's like the chief executive officer yeah. that, that makes sure the mechanics is good. And then the other one's coming up with the ideas and creating new connections and negotiating bigger deals and things like that. It could be similar in your relationship. Like if you guys come together, let's say a man and woman come together and like, we really want to create this thing together. Then, okay, who's more of the visionary and who's going to be the integrator? Mm, yeah. Right? Play in both if you need to at times, but like know your roles. When you know your roles and they're clearly defined, now there's less room for stepping on each other's toes and getting frustrated. Now you can work together as a team. Mm, so good. Imagine a business with no roles, no titles, and everyone's trying to you know, one up each other and it would just be a messy business. It would never be successful. It's the same with the relationship. Joel, this is so good. I'm like, I hope people are taking notes because I think that this is a message that people just need in their life. And we are so are confused. I, I always say that sometimes our culture is the best disciple for us sometimes when we should be yeah. discipled by Jesus, by our discipline practices, right? And like you were talking about before, that discipline is so important in our lives. But we sometimes our culture can actually be the best, um, like unfortunately, the best disciple for us. And even as Christians, it happens. And so I, in it can be hard to unclog that and kind of get away from the fog and say, okay, well, what is it really? What is it not because the world is telling me this or X, Y, Z, but like, what is it that I'm deeply passionate about? What is it that I am good at? What is all the things you said at the beginning and figuring that out, having your own clear purpose and vision for your life. And then stepping into relationship being like, look at all these awesome things I can bring to the table. Look at the strong, confident person I am. Look at what I'm doing to give back to the world. Like, how amazing is that? I'd be like, oh, wow. You know, that's more attractive to me (laughs) than, you know, just somebody who looks like a model. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like we we get so driven by aesthetics, but like for me it's like wow, somebody who has clear vision and purpose and is using it for the good of others. Um that's mm. that's like the sexiest thing. And it's like it you know? Sure. So everyone, I just hope that people feel inspired. I'm sure that they do. And so I ask every guest the same last question every time um, that I'm going to ask you now. It's just, what is your final nugget of dating advice that you can impart to the listeners? Just like any final thing that you would say. Mm. Get clear on really who you are, what Mm. lights you up. Uh, Get clear on your vision for the future before you step into sharing that space with anybody else. Yeah, Uh, This would be the greatest gift you give someone, for Mm. sure. 
you know, it's exciting to be able to share your clarity uh, and your mission with with others. I think this is very attractive, and I think that you know, when when two people come together, you have that responsibility of having a clarity first before you get into something uh, just based off feelings. It has to be that you know that you can create something great together because ultimately that's what you're going to want to do in a relationship anyway is to create something together. It doesn't have to be create the same business together, but create experiences together, Mm -hmm. right? Or create uh, other friendships together or to Mm -hmm. create ideas together. And so you can only really do that from a powerful place if you've got clear on who you are first. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's so good, Joel. So if people want to connect with you and kind of find out more or find out more about Addicted to Success, like where can they connect with you? Yeah. So the best place is uh, I am Joel Brown on Instagram and uh, addictedtosuccess.com is where all of our self-development content is at. Uh, You can also go to iamjoelbrown.com and you'll see uh, all my offerings there. Amazing. Joel, this has been amazing. I, I just like, can I come to Bali now yet? I need to make a trip out there. Like, <laughs> yes, forget California. Yes. I hear the birds chirp, chirping in the you background should. this whole interview and it's been awesome. Like, gosh, we're, we all just feel like we're in Bali listening right now because <laughs> we could just picture like your windows or doors are open and there's like a rain, almost rainforest looking environment out there and yeah. it's just beautiful and the beaches, my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, this place is, is uh, magic. It's uh, almost heaven on earth. Oh my almost. gosh. I love it. Well, Joel, thank you so much and um, keep just being amazing and inspiring people. You're doing incredible things. You too, Kate. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Stay blessed. Are you trying to pick up all the golden nuggets, but there were too many of them thrown your way during this interview? You guys, I know it's true. I could not keep up with all the goodness that Joel shared today, seriously. And as he said, your God-given purpose is alight and alive all the time. And in your life, your purpose is your return to him for the life he has given you. I love that. So I hope after today, you will spend some time journaling through your vision and your purpose. Pen to paper, think about it. What is it? What is your three-month vision, your one-year vision, five-year vision, 10-year vision? Also, what ignites your soul and what drives your purpose? How can you better serve the world? It's vital to spend some time reflecting on these things, especially as individuals outside of dating. As Joel said today, as a Christian, we are meant to live for Christ. So why would you live for your partner? If you want to connect with Joel, you can find him on Instagram at I am Joel Brown, or also go ahead and visit his website, addictedtosuccess.com. And also he has an amazing podcast, Addicted to Success as well. What an amazing interview today. I cannot be more thankful for your support of the Heart of Dating podcast. I am blown away by your rankings, reviews, messages, all of it. If you want to be a part of our inner circle and support what we are doing, we encourage you to pledge any dollar amount that you want on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heart of dating. Also, if you like this podcast, would you please consider giving us a review? It helps us immensely and we cannot thank you more. Until next time, friends.